How is everyone? Good? Yep. Good? Praise the Lord. Amen. We uh, were at uh, Mombol Christian Fellowship last week. Some of you thought I was sick, but I was, I was actually there. <laughs> so we, uh, Dan and Shells and Max, and, and uh, we had a great time. They're doing a great job up there, Jason, Jason Pilcher, and, and God's just doing some, some cool things. Um, this is a bummer. Um, we did change it, but I, I printed out the wrong one. So it says Saturday the 18th of December. It's actually Sunday the 18th of December. So we'll have to reprint a thousand. Anyway, <laughs> that's my error. But so if anyone wants to handwrite a thousand, cross it out. Be my, be my guest. Uh, no, we'll get, it, we'll get them redone. So uh, I spoke last two weeks ago. I heard Dean was awesome last week. Um, and, you know, many churches, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible, as opposed to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is, is not an it. It's not a wind. Why those things are attributed about Holy Spirit in the Bible. It's not a fire. It's not a dove. It's the third person of the, of the Godhead. It says in Colossians and Hebrews, Jesus said it himself, he said he's the exact imprint of God. He's the exact representation of God. And the Holy Spirit is the exact representation of the Father and the Son on earth. And as Christians, we can, we can walk into a room, we can have... The Spirit of God in us contractually and never actually know God. I can be contractually married to my wife and never be intimate with her. I can actually live in the same house and never actually know my wife. And I've, you guys have seen this analogy before, but I, I, just, I wasn't going to do it, but I just I felt to do it. You know, you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they made Adam in their likeness and in his image, and they, Adam walked in the cool of the day with God, and then instant coffee, also known as sin, right? Because that's, that's, dem that's demonic, <laughs> instant coffee. That is not the will of God for my life. I'm, I'm sorry, all you instant... Ian's like, amen. <laughs> Graham's like, amen, right? <laughs> coffee snobs in the house. Um... I'm one of them. So, and uh, and so and but what happens? What so often happens is 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 we think. I spoke at a church on Tuesday night, and you know I was saying we, we you know we come to church, we read our Bibles, we we do all these things. And and it it doesn't change, but we know that we've been made brand new. We're a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come, and right, and the, and the cup, this cup has been cleaned, and the Holy Spirit now lives inside of you and I. That cup is clean. Just imagine it's clean. That's a little bit of residue there, but <laughs> right, the Holy Spirit, when we became a new creation, the old is gone and the new has come, and the Holy Spirit now lives inside of you and I. 
and we have access to the Father again. And so often, what we're, th- what we're thinking about, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. But, but so often, we think the devil's close and God's distant. <laughs> we think, oh, big devil, small God, and it's the other way around. It's a big God and a small devil. But our fight, where's our fight? not a trick question. (laughs) Our fight is against principalities and powers. Our fight isn't against our old man. Come on. Our fight is against principalities and powers in heavenly places. And we, and I, I really believe the answer or the, the, let me frame it this way. Religion will look for the problem as to why something is happening. The kingdom will bring the solution. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 4. Let's go there first. I'm going to just have a swig of the Holy Ghost. Two Corinthians four eighteen says this: As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Hebrews eleven says, uh, actually, is yeah, I think it's Hebrews eleven. Let me let me quote it correctly. All you Bible scholars out there. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. So faith is the conviction of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 2 Corinthians 4 says there's more value in the unseen world than there is in the seen. The unseen world is eternal. Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. He only said what he heard his father saying. We, we, I, know the, I know I'm preaching to the choir a little bit here this morning, but if I can just push the envelope a little bit further for us, that we would, we would give ourselves, we, w- we would say to the Lord, hey, apprehend me so that I not just know about you, you Holy Spirit, but I would know you deeply and know you intimately and walk with you every step. Because there is a battle. We don't have to be afraid of the battle, but there is a battle. Our fight isn't against our boss. <laughs> our fight isn't against politics. Our fight is, our fight is against principalities and powers. And it's won by being intimate with the one. If I said, hey, I brought a brand new car this morning. If I said, hey, I got a brand new BMW or whatever, you know. You'd go, oh, awesome. You got a brand new car. That's great. That's great. If in five years time I said, hey, do you remember five years ago I got a brand new car? You'd be like, yeah, that's cool, Liam. Like, 
we're happy for you. <laughs> you can stop going on about it. <laughs> right? Why? Because it's temporal. But if I said, hey, today, a, a, you know, I was sh- my wife was saying last week, like, or the week before, three or four kids gave their lives to Jesus in the kids' ministry. Come on. Right? <laughs> if in five years' time I said, hey, do you remember November 11th, 12th, there was five kids that gave their heart to the Lord. You'd be just as excited five years from now as you were today. Why? Because it's eternal. Everything in this world, everything that God has created, produces fruit. It's reproducible. Animals, plants, our planet. Everything is designed to reproduce itself. We come into worship and we spend 20 minutes in worship and then, and this is what's happened in a lot of churches, places, and this isn't a, a slander on any churches, I'm just giving you the, what has happened in culture. We spend 20 minutes and, then we're, and it's like we're spending 20 minutes in intimacy with our spouse and then we, we stop and we go, oh, let's do announcements this week. What's coming up? I don't know anyone that would that would would do that. I don't know anyone that would be like in the middle of a romantic time with their with their spouse, and they're like, "Hey, let's pause. What's coming up next week?" <laughs> right? You just wouldn't do that, <laughs> right? Come on, you can have, you can laugh, but. Or we're 10 minutes in and we're like, oh, I better just find out what's going on on Instagram. Come on. Those things aren't bad. Notices, announcements, Instagram, all those things, they're not bad, they're not evil, they're not wrong. But if we can have as little of the Holy Spirit as we want or we can have as much of the Holy Spirit as we want. The choice is ours. And he says here that nothing will separate us, nothing. He says, freely, you, you, how will he surely not give us all things? And we can have as little as that or as much as that as we want. And my heart for this house, and I know the leaders and everyone here, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, you, I, I, there's hunger in this place. I'm, so I'm not, I'm not saying that, that that's not here, but there is, there is more There is more in that realm, in the unseen realm, that the church of Australia has not yet tapped into. There just is. Turn with me to, what did I say, John 3. Turn with me to John 3. This is what I believe the Lord's doing. I'm going to have a drink of Jesus now. This is what I believe God's doing. This is my analogy. You can change it to however you, you want to. Often we're playing cricket and we're playing cricket over here and we're, you know, we're doing whatever. And then we see other things happening where we're in churches or, or ministries around the world and we're like, oh, they're playing soccer because soccer's the heavenly sport, right? So they're playing so-, so we see these things happening. 
we're playing cricket and we see soccer and we go, oh, I really like those three or four attributes of soccer. What I want to do is I want to take those principles and try and push them into the wineskin of cricket. And God's saying, stop playing cricket and start playing this sport. Don't, don't take the principles and try and put them into a wineskin that is old. Because when you take principles, you just get principles. Principles are not bad. They're not wrong. You sow a seed, you water it, you expect it to bear fruit. That's the, the principle. But the, when you have the prince... then when you're intimate with the prince, when you're intimate with his presence, then, then things start to happen that you just didn't even think of, were aware of, or were even thinking or imagining or whatever, and things start to shift. And things grow and things produce fruit where, where, in places where they shouldn't. Because in his world, like, just think with, just think with me about this. Where in Jesus' ministry... Did he teach on shadow healing? Nowhere. He never taught the class. There was never a class. There wasn't a Wednesday afternoon class on, all right, I'm going to teach you how to heal people through my shadow. Well, if there was, it's not recorded in Scripture. <laughs> but Peter was so, he, he, Peter wasn't looking for principles. Peter was like, I need to be possessed with the prince. I need to be possessed with his presence. And then somehow, his shadow healed people. That's got to mess you up. That has to mess you up. That Peter's walking in the cool of the day to the temple to pray, and the sun was in a certain way, and then it says all this, all the, they started to line people up along that walk walkway because Peter, whenever Peter came past here, his shadow would heal them. That's amazing. That didn't happen because of a principle. That happened because he was so intimate with the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, John 3 verse 9. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be, right? Jesus is He's, we, know, we know the famous verse, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot, you know, see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, oh, we'll go verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Then go down to verse 9. Uh, Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Verse 11, truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Come on. So here, Nicodemus asks this question, and he says, Jesus says, you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. 
Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And then Nicodemus has a bit of trouble. He's like, all right, so do I need to go back into my mother's womb? This, you know, this is probably an issue for me because his mum was probably dead. So he's thinking this is going to be a bit hard for me to be born again, right? And Jesus says, and he uses wind as an analogy. He says, no, the wind comes and it moves wherever it goes, right? And he says, so he uses birth and wind as two earthly principles to illustrate a kingdom principle. Does that make sense? So he uses natural birth to illustrate a spiritual birth. And he uses natural wind to illustrate a spiritual life. He uses those two principles. Does that, does that make sense? So birth and wind. And then he says, how you, a teacher of Israel, if you don't understand these things, when I'm telling you earthly principles that have a heavenly principle, how do you not understand that if I want to tell you heavenly principles which have no earthly principle? Did, did you catch it? How? He's saying, Nicodemus, how if I'm telling you an earthly thing, birth, wind, and it has a heavenly principle attached to it, and you're not getting that, and you're a teacher of Israel, how on earth am I going to tell you heavenly things that have no earthly dynamic to them, that I want to tell you things in the heavenly realm, so that, do you know, it's impossible. I've heard this phrase for years. People would say, oh, that person over there, is so heavenly minded, they're, they're, earth, they're no earthly good. Who's heard that phrase before? <laughs> right? They're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good, which was code for they're so heavenly minded and distracted that they're, 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 off, they're off with the fairies. Right? And they're, but it's actually, that's actually, you can't be. If you're so heavenly minded, you will be earthly incredible. Jesus was, he was so heavenly minded that he was earthly amazing. And he taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. That's, that's the Matthew 6 prayer. He said, pray this way, on earth as it is in heaven. Nicodemus 3, he's saying, listen, I want to tell you heavenly truths. I want to tell you heavenly principles for your family, for your workplace, for your situations that arise. There are, heavenly, there are heavenly solutions to things in your own personal life. And so often we're trying to deal with them in an earthly manner. And he says, he's saying, I have a heavenly, I have a heavenly solution to be intimate, but then also to, to outwork this thing called Holy Spirit to give it away. Turn with me to Mark 8. Go to Mark 8. As, as mentioned in Hebrews 11, faith, faith sees in the unseen realm and it brings it into the natural. So faith is the conviction of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith looks at a problem or 
circumstance and it says, okay, this might be the circumstance, little truth, but there's a greater truth that is in the unseen realm that by faith we have access to. One of my favorite stories of all time was, a, it, it just, it just messed, every time I tell this, it messes me up, was there was a, a friend of ours and her, someone she knew was um, uh, living in Reading in, in California and they, they, they'd gone to Bethel, they didn't, they weren't, they were a bit skeptical about the miraculous, strange place to go if you, if you, <laughs> but anyway, they went there and, um, They'd lost their laptop had been stolen, and their laptop had been stolen, and around that time, there were significant physical items, um, rings, family heirlooms, necklaces, brooches, brooches, like brooches, you know, that you put on your, on your top, all these significant things were returning to people that had been lost for years and years. They were reappearing on mantelpieces in, in, in you know on their hands, different things. We had a girl in our, in our year level, her mum uh, couldn't afford to get her ears pierced and so she said, God, I want my ears, pi- I want another ear, my other side of my ears pierced and she woke up in the middle of the night and her ear was pierced and had a, had a ring in it. In the middle of the night, crazy, right? And so this guy, he was really sceptical and he lost his computer but he, he said, all right, God, and on the computer was his thesis. He didn't care about the computer. He cared about his thesis, though, and he didn't have a backup. And so he, brought, he went to the shops. He went to, you know, JB Hi-Fi or wherever over in America, and, and he bought a brand-new laptop, opens it up. He said, God, I want my thesis back. Opens up the laptop, and on the, on the brand-new laptop was his thesis. I love that because God doesn't have to do that. But there's just heavenly realities that are so different to the earthly ones. I mean, read your Bible. My plan for world domination wouldn't be a little girl from Bethlehem. That wouldn't have been my earthly strategy of, of taking over the world. He goes, oh, I've found someone who's highly favoured. And I'm going to put my spirit in them and they're going to birth the God child called Jesus. And he's going to take Peter, James, John and nine others. And they're going to grow to 72. That's going to grow to 120. And that's going to grow to 2,000, 3,000. And that's going to keep expanding. I love one of my favorite stories is, is, uh, is, is the wedding of Cana. I love it. Six clay pots. It's the representation of man. Six, the number of man. Jesus takes six clay pots filled with something natural, water, and when he touches it, it turns into something supernatural. 
And he doesn't do it at a business meeting. <laughs> he does it at a wedding. That's not an accident. He says the wine that you usually serve first is the good wine because then people get drunk on the good wine and then when they are so drunk, you can serve the bad wine and they don't really taste it because they're intoxicated. <laughs> but here Jesus saves the good wine for last and it's a picture of, of I'm pouring out my spirit on humanity. I'm pouring out my spirit on mankind and I'm take, I want to take something natural and transform it to be supernatural so that, the, so that my children will be naturally my children. All right, Mark 8, and then we'll, we'll, we'll close. Verse 14. Now they had forgotten to bring bread. This is the leaven of the Pharisees and Herod, right? So just, just, just think with me for a second. Jesus has multiplied bread twice. Yeah? He's multiplied bread twice. He's done it two times, and they've seen the multiplication of food happen twice. Incredible. So now they're on the boat, and they've come over the other side. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. The leaven of Pharisees is the religious spirit. Beware of the religious spirit. What's religion? Religion is, is where, where you can have God, but he's not, he's not at the center. Rules are at the center, not relationship. So beware of the leaven of Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. Her Herod's the political spirit. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Like, like, put yourself in their shoes. We've seen multiplication of bread twice in the last few days, <laughs> or however long, the, you know, at least not long. There's not a long gap between those two incidences, right? They've multiplied bread twice, and now they're on the boat, and they're like, hey, guys, we've got no bread. <laughs> uh, Jesus, Jesus, we, we've, we've got no bread. He's like, oh, man. You're with, the, you're with the, the bread multiplication guy. Like, you're with him. This is what he does. He multiplies bread. Right? Jesus says, do you not perceive? Right? Or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes? Having eyes. Do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said 12 baskets. He, and the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not understand? <laughs> I, I just, I love it. They're on the, I love it. Jesus, Jesus says, listen, guys, do you not see? Didn't you see what I did? Okay, if you can't see that, if you can't see that I've just multiplied food twice and you're worried about natural bread, ignore that then. Do you not hear? 
Can you not hear what I'm telling you? I'm telling you, don't worry about the leaven of Pharisees. Be aware, sorry, of the leaven of Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. I'm not talking about natural bread. He says, okay, if you, if you can't hear, can you at least remember? Do you know what I did? Can't you remember these two testimonies that just happened? I multiplied bread. Are you catching it? So the testimonies, the testimonies of Jesus, of what Holy Spirit has done and is doing, should fuel us to see and hear what he wants to do right now. Right? The testimonies of Jesus should fuel us in the intimacy with the Holy Spirit. It's man doesn't live off bread alone, but about of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He's playing soccer. He's over here playing a heavenly sport. And we're so worried about earthly problems. And we're so concerned. I'm not, no, no, it's not a guilt or shame thing. We're so Look, worry is this. Worry is meditating in the wrong world. That's all it is. That's all that worry is. It's meditating in this world, and he wants to draw us into a place where we're like, hey, don't worry about the leaven of Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. I want, you to, I want you to lift your gaze to see what's in the heavenly realms through intimacy with Holy Spirit. I want you to stop trying to take these principles and marrying them into this realm. I want you to learn... What, what he's saying and doing through intimate relationship with the, with the Holy Spirit. And then it manifests on earth. That's the prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in third heaven. I mean, reproducing a document on a computer, I mean, that blows my mind. Peter's shadow blows my mind. Walking on water blows my mind. Now, natural things aren't bad. <laughs> like, don't, we need sleep. We need, you know, like we need food. We need water. We need these things. They're, they're not bad. We need to get up in the morning, go to work, do hard, you know, do the hard labor, do all those things. That's not a bad thing. But there are principles, uh, there, are, there are things, sorry, in, in, there are things in the heavenly realms through intimacy with Holy Spirit that I believe he wants to impart to us as a bride, and it only comes through intimacy with him. It only comes through the wedding ceremony. It only comes through, through beholding his face as in a mirror. It only comes through spending time with him. It only comes through going in the secret place, shutting the door, and our senses are sharpened to know what he's doing, because our fight isn't isn't against people, it's against principalities and powers. There is a spiritual world out there, there is a spiritual battle, and if we are not aware of it, then we will try and fix earthly problems with earthly solutions, and they will only have a temporary Go with Acts 3. This will be our, this will be our, last, our last verse. Acts 3. You know, surrender, 
surrendering God is, Shen and I prayed this prayer before we got married. It was the, it was the one question I asked Shen. I said, are you willing to go wherever God tells us to go? And she said, yes. And then, and then we've moved house a lot. <laughs> but it, it, it was yes before we knew the journey. That's surrender. Surrender is, I'm all in at any cost. I'll do whatever it is that you want me to do, God. I'll go wherever it is that you want me to go. And then he says, okay. And then we don't doubt when he says, hey, I want you to do this. I want you to go here. I want you to start this business. I want you to pray for that person. I want you to do these things. Because you've said yes. Acts 3, we know the outpouring of the Spirit happens. Acts, Acts 2, Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem. Power comes, Holy Spirit comes, the upper room, 120, 3,000 added to that number in that moment. Peter says, this is the Spirit of God that's prophesied in Joel. And then listen to what he says. Now, Peter and John, verse 1, were going up to the temple to the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of, of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. That's why often uh, when I pray, and, and I'd encourage you to do this, but when I pray, I'll ask people to look at me. So look into my eyes because of this verse. He said, look at us and fix his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I, don't, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Here's a man asking for an earthly thing, money. And Peter says, I don't have silver and gold, but I do have something greater than that. I have, a Holy, I have Holy Spirit. I have Christ. Look at me. Pick up your mat and walk. And the man, it says the man was leaping, walk, walking, leaping, and praising God. Came with an earthly, he needed an earthly fix. Peter gave him, gave him one better. The exhale of the gospel is you and I get to bring heaven to earth. And it's done through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. The exhale of the gospel, the giving away of what, we, what I freely have, we freely give it away. The more we're aware of that realm, the more we're aware of, of, of that we're seated in heavenly places, how will he freely not give us all things? The more we're... 
where by faith, bringing into reality of like, hey, God's for me. Who can be against me? It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. And so I can look like a fool for Jesus. I can, I, God, I say yes to you. And he says, all right, this is what I want to do, right? I, I don't think Mary was probably aware of the cost that it, it took. She probably wasn't aware of, oh great, now I've got to give birth in a stable. Now I've got to spend a few years in Egypt and a few years here and, you know, that it, 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 the, cost, it, took, it the cost needed to be counted. But when you're so intimate, when you so know, and it says of Mary, it says she treasured these things in her heart of Jesus. He says, it's not my time. She says, do what he says to do, the wedding of Cana. And he dips his hands into that, those six clay jars and he prays and he says, I want to turn this water, this natural thing into wine so that my people, as a picture of an intimacy at a wedding, the natural becomes supernatural so that we can, be, we can actually be intimate with, that, with him, with Holy Spirit. We can know his ways, not just know his works, but know his ways, know his heartbeat. So that we can actually give what he has paid for away. Let's stand. There is no shortcut to this. There, there, is no, there is no secret formula. There are principles, yes, but there is no shortcut to intimacy with God of being aware of his presence, honoring, honoring Holy Spirit. And so often we, we just, in our own lives, we miss the King of glory because we're so busy we're so busy being distracted by these other things. And he says, do you not see? Do you not hear? Do you not remember what I've done? Jesus, time and time again, see, those who have eyes to see, let them see. Let them see. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. When Shen and I were pregnant with Charlotte, you know, we, we, we started looking at prams, and I started seeing prams all over the place. <laughs> there was prams everywhere. I was like stopping people on the street. Oh, what's that pram? How easy does it, can I just fold it up? Could I, you know, could I try it? How easy is this to put into the back of the car? Those prams were always there. But all of a sudden, I was aware of what was always there. When you buy a new car, it's the same thing. You're like, man, there's heaps of Nissan Pathfinders on the road. You know, like, <laughs> they've always been there, but now all of a sudden your attention is on that thing. And I believe the Holy Spirit is, 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 is wooing the church back to a place of honoring his presence. That when he comes into the room, when he moves in our lives, when he... When he blows like a wind or he moves in, a, in power, or he moves in silence or he moves in all the ways that he loves to move. So there's so, there's so many different ways. He's the multifaceted one. 
but when he moves, that his bride yields to him. That the bride says, Amen. We want you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. We must have more. We must, we must respond in faith to say, come and do what you want to do. And when we can't see, we can't remember, we can't hear, we at least can remember the testimonies that have gone before us. So let's just, let's just lift our voices right now. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are well. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, thank you, Father. God, would you increase the intimacy capacity of your bride? Would you increase our awareness to, I pray, Ephesians 1.18, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened to know the hope of which we've been called to. Holy Spirit, I pray that this house, the sanctuary, would be a house that knows you deeply and makes you known. That knows you deeply and makes you known. That we would say yes. God, that this house would be a house that would move in purity, not just just sexual purity, but there'd be a purity in our hearts. There'd be pure motives. There'd be pureness when no one is watching. God, I pray why these things aren't bad, wrong, or evil. I pray we wouldn't be distracted by the lesser things. We wouldn't be distracted by Instagram, by Facebook, by the things going on in the media, by the things that are happening in our world. Yes, we can be informed. Yes, we can be aware of these things. But I pray for a bride that will be intoxicated and possessed by King Jesus. We'd be so aware of the heavenly realms. We'd be so aware that we're seated in heavenly places, that God is for us and neither height nor depth nor angel nor principality nor things present nor things to come can separate us from your love. God, I pray for a bride in love with the bridegroom. I pray for one dripping with oil. I pray for a bride that is dripping with the oil of heaven. God, I pray against the problems in our world. I pray against suicide in young people. I rebuke that principality. I rebuke that demon. I pray against cancer. I pray against all sicknesses in our world. 
I pray for those that don't know you. They don't know the deep love that you have for them. We call them back. We call the lost ones home. I pray against, against illnesses in the mind, Lord. I pray for those in financial situations right now. We declare the abundance of heaven. We declare multiplication of food. We declare multiplication of finances right now, God. Those that are struggling, those that are struggling with worry, those that are struggling, God, they're struggling, they're in a rut, they're in a deep hole. Would your mercy and your grace just pull them out of it right now in Jesus' name? You are the one that sets captives free. You are the one that restores prisoners. I pray for our children. God, I pray for our schools. Pray for our education system, Lord. I pray for our government. God, I pray for our prime ministers and our leaders in this world that they would have a radical encounter with you, that this government would become a righteous government. God, it would be like in the days of Daniel, that they would turn and they would say, we need to serve the God of Daniel. God, I pray for heavenly solutions in every area of society that you would give people the mind of Christ, that you would give people the wisdom from, from above, the wisdom that is first peaceable, that is slow to anger. Holy Spirit, I just repent on behalf of the church in our, in our nation where we have quenched your spirit and we have grieved your spirit. And I just say the time is now for your church to honor you, Holy Spirit, and we honor you, Holy Spirit, and we say you have full permission to be you. Blow our minds, blow our ideas, blow our, our, our own human reasoning that seems right to a man. Blow it out of the water. And we yield. We say yes to you. So help us to be more aware of what you want to do in this house and in our region and in our nation and in our families. That we would be a bride yielded to your presence, yielded to your voice, yielded to your heartbeat, and we would walk in your footsteps and in your ways. In Jesus' name. Can we just honor Holy Spirit? Can we just honor Him? Can we just thank Him? I just feel like we're supposed to honor Him. Can we just say, yes, we honor you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, you can clap. You can clap. That's fine. We honor you right now, Holy Spirit. We honor you. We honor you. Thank you, Lord. All right.